Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church of Floydata, Texas. My name is Mark. I'm so glad you decided to join us today on this cold Sunday morning. I pray that uh, this message will find you warm and safe inside. Uh, if you are listening to us on the radio, just remember that we are praying for your safety as you uh, venture out uh, to continue the work to keep our community going, even as this storm bears down on us uh, this weekend. Uh, today, I'd like to start with a few announcements. Uh, most of these are uh, rescheduling um, events that we have on our calendar. Uh, the first one is our South Plains Food Box, which was scheduled for Monday, has now been rescheduled for February the 19th at 11.15. If you help with that ministry and would like to show up on February 19th, that's a Friday little bit out of the ordinary time, but if you can make plans on Friday the 19th to help distribute few boxes, we will be doing that at 11.15 on uh, Friday the 19th. Uh, also, there was uh, a baby shower for uh, Jessica and Seth McCandless, uh, also Jessica Prisk, uh, for Waverly Lynn. It was scheduled for February the 13th. That has been rescheduled to this coming Saturday. February 20th from 10.30 to 11, it will be a drive-through uh, shower in our um, back parking lot under the awning. If you would like to participate with that and haven't already got to pick up a little gift uh, for uh, Waverly Lynn, they are registered at Target, Amazon, and here at Payne's Pharmacy. So uh, that will be rescheduled to February 20th from 10.30 to 11. I also want to remind our deacons that on February 21st at 5 o'clock, we have a scheduled deacons meeting. And also that weekend, we will begin our uh, winter revival uh, with Herman Kramer as the evangelist. And Ernie Overstreet uh, will bring uh, the music uh, to this uh, revival. And that is scheduled uh, February 21st during our morning and evening services at 1030 and 6 o'clock. And also uh, the evenings of the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Uh, there will be a meal uh, at 545 on weeknights on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, but the service itself will start at 630. So please uh, make plans uh, to attend that revival. And also uh, pray for uh, those that you know should be here. And also, since we are in a strange time, if you are unable to participate in person uh, during this pandemic, or maybe the weather's gonna be bad next week, we also plan uh, to live stream that event. Uh, you will find our live stream course where you're watching today on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and also at, on our website at fbcfloydata.org. Uh, as we begin to worship today, please go with me to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for today. We are thankful that you have given us this technology so that we can still gather together even though the weather outside is dangerous. Lord, I ask that you watch over everyone today that is listening or, or those in our community that are in, uh, out in this weather, that you watch over and protect them. And Lord, I pray that uh, you open our eyes so we may see what you're doing. Open our ears that we may hear your message. Uh, but above all, Lord, just give us the strength and discernment to know how to carry the gospel into this dark world that you have given us to minister in. It is in your name we all pray together. Amen. Good morning. 
So I've got some helpers up here with me this morning to help lead us in worship with the first song. If you make your way back to your seats, you got to be standing for this one. This is, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, okay? And we're going to invite you to sing and clap along with us. And also, one little announcement plug-in here. I want to start a children's choir, so if you think your kids would be interested in that, come see me right after the service, okay? Here we go. There's so many things in life to be thankful for, and, and, and of course the children are just one of them. My goodness, they, they sure make life interesting. And, and, uh, and I just think about how the rain, the moisture we've received this morning, and, and I'm just so thankful, Lord, that uh, for, for what you do for us. And, and uh, so frequently I fail to, to really praise my Lord for all that it is, all that he's done and does for us. And, so I'd like to read from, from uh, the last, uh, last chapter in Psalms this morning. Psalms 150 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father, how we do love children. How they bring so much sunshine to our hearts, Lord, and to our souls. And Father, I just thank you for this group of children this morning. I thank you that uh, you love them and you love their parents and how thankful I am that their parents know that they need to know you to live their lives out and have brought them to you this morning. 
Lord, I want to thank you, especially this morning, for the rain that you have sent. Father, not to be uh, negative, but Father, we just need so much more. Uh, the land is so dry and so parched. So uh, we pray that you might send more, but Lord, we thank you for what you have sent because we know that it is a sign that uh, it will rain again. And sometimes we forget and that uh, in our daily circumstances, trying to decide what to do with crops and uh, exactly what a good rain means, Lord. We just don't want to not thank you for this. And Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this body. I thank you for this, my family. And Lord, I pray that you would be with uh, all the rest of this service. Put your hand on it and make us so aware of your Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you for Brother Mark. Uh, and I pray that you would uh, be with us the rest of this week. It seems I ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Isn't it amazing the spiritual gifts and the lessons a child can teach you? Uh, like frogs. Our little grandson, and uh, I agree with my father, uh, we should have just skipped the originals and gone to these. But he come to the house, and his dad went and found a big thing. What Our pastor's children have Legos. If you raise boys, you have Hot Wheels, and lots of them. So his dad decided one day, Taylor, that he'd go find a box of Hot Wheels that he knew he had from when he was a kid. And they dug and dug, and they finally brought out this big box of Hot Wheels. So we set Sawyer in the floor. They turned the little latch. The top comes open, the bottom falls down, and a hundred Hot Wheels land in the floor. You know what his response was? Wow. <laughs> Wonder. Unbelievable. There's a line in a song we're going to sing today on uh, Revelation songs. It's filled with wonder, awestruck, awestruck wonder. Today, I want to know if you walked in with wonder. Awestruck wonder. I hope today when you leave, you will have met Jesus. That today he is present. It said wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's here. So we're going to sing about that. We're going to do a little different. I'm going to let you sit. I know some of you kind of like that idea. If you want to stand, go ahead, but the rest of them will be sitting. We're going to sit. We're going to stand right before the offertory. I'm going to let you sit. I want you to focus on the words today as we sing these songs. And I want you to leave today having been in wonder. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong. 
say these are unbelievable accomplices. Amen? I have to live with one. She's a little tough. We're missing one. But these, I just, I just threw music at them Wednesday night. And I not threw it. I handed it to them. They can do anything. We're blessed. Let's all continue singing the solid rock. Oh 
y'all please stand with me. Praise to the 
As we begin this time of proclamation, I would like to ask, ask you to go with me to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we have worshipped you in song. Now we turn to worship you in the proclamation of your word. Lord, I ask that my words become your words and that your Holy Spirit will open the ears of those hearing this message and open the hearts of those who are present or or online as we, we have gathered together, Lord. I ask that you penetrate those dark hearts and soften those hardened hearts so that they may be receptive to the gospel. Lord, I also ask that uh, you prepare us as a congregation, as a people that have been called to do ministry in this place that we call Floyd Ada, Texas. Lord, I ask that you give us eyes to see what you are doing, ears to hear what you are saying, but also that we have strength in our hands that we may do the work that you have called us to. It is in your name we pray. Amen. I've been enjoying going through the Bible together with you this year. Uh, we have covered the book of Genesis. We've looked at the book of Job. And last week we began study in the book of Exodus. It's interesting as we go chronologically through the Bible on, on how these bits and pieces come together. Uh, last week I suggested that uh, God isn't just the God of our own personal destiny, but he's this God of this global complex. And I pointed out how God is not just working the lives of his people, but also all the global events that take place to, to set the stage for what he does uh, in, in our presence. He's done it in the past and he is doing it again today. Uh, I truly believe that this pandemic we are living in and these storms that, that we see and everything that God is uh, causing us to stop and to think and to consider and to, to cherish how he's worked in the past. Uh, we are not the first generation of believers that have seen difficult days uh, and we will not be the last. Uh, there will be different, difficult days on all of those who call on the name of the Lord um, as uh, God has warned us through his word. Uh, but as we continue through this uh, study through Exodus and, and as we go in the days, I, I hope you are reminded of the, the historical events behind the nature of God's salvific work in, in the life of his people. Uh, last week as we opened up, we kind of looked at the story of Moses, how this beautiful child uh, was redeemed out of the water by a daughter of Pharaoh uh, how he was raised in the royal courts, but he gave it all up for the sake of his people. Uh, and in his, his zealous uh, uh, strength, he, he uh, took matters to his own hand and fled and lived in the wilderness as a shepherd of uh, sheep, 
preparing himself ultimately for what God had planned for his life. Born into royalty, uh, trained as a shepherd, uh, all those pedigrees would come together in God's perfect economy so that he would be the, the right person for the job of freeing the people from Egypt and building a nation. We see how uh, Joseph's uh, story was fulfilled in the Exodus and how the promises to Abraham uh, were fulfilled as God promised Abraham that he would have descendants uh, in their, their 400 years of, of, of waiting down in Egypt. God built a nation out of uh, this family. Uh, not anything because they, they were special. And if you read through Genesis with us, we know that the family tree has a lot of skeletons in it. Uh, but as God prepared those people, he, he set them apart so that they may be spokespeople to all the nations, that they may be blessed and given a land, and that they may be a blessing to other. Uh, today we are going to look at chapter 19. Uh, they finally reached Sinai. If you remember from last week, uh, when Moses asked, well, how will I know, or how will the people know that you sent me to them? He says, when you come here to this mountain, when you come to this place, you will know that I have sent you. And so today marks the fulfillment of Moses' call. They, they come to Mount Sinai. Uh, God will show his presence and the people will worship God. And they will be set apart from all the nations as God's own children. Um, but let, let's look at where we came from last week uh, to this week. Uh, last week, Moses is going down uh, to Egypt. Of course, we know that the Pharaoh has a hardened heart and will not let the people go. And over the course of 10 plagues from gnats to fish to finally the plague of the Passover, when the Lord sends the angel of death through all the land of Egypt, but for those who had prepared uh, that Paschal lamb, that, that sacrifice, and marked the, the doors with the, the blood of the sacrifice, they were spared and it is through that event that the people are finally released. They're finally given their, their freedom. Um, and even today, the symbolism of Jesus in this event is so important. Uh, well, let's look at our verse uh, today, and then we'll, we'll kind of continue where we were at. Uh, verse, uh, let's see, we're going to start in verse uh, uh, 9 of chapter 19 of the book of Exodus. It says, When Moses had told these words to the people of the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and prepare for the third day, because on the third day the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai and sight of the people. Three days. You must prepare the people for two, and on the third day, you're going to see something special. I mean, th these pictures of uh, what Jesus does is so much ingrained into the book of Exodus that it just gives rich richness to the story, and, and the details come out, and, and we see how God is working through the people so that they know who is doing this. It, God works on our behalf all the time, but sometimes he lets us know what he is, is doing. And that's what's taking place in this book. We see that not only is Pharaoh being exposed to the hand of God, but the people are seeing what God is doing uh, through those plagues and, and through the, the, the escape through the sea. I mean, uh, go back and read on how the people were finally freed 
uh, from Egypt. Uh, all the Egyptians gave them gold and silver and said, basically, get out of here. Uh, we don't want you around us anymore. And so they, they fled. But Pharaoh changed his mind. This is his workforce. These are the ones that brought economic security uh, to, to the people. And so he sent out his um, army to, to capture them. But God had been with them uh, while they were in Egypt. He prospered them so that they grew in the land of Goshen. Uh, he also was with Moses and gave him signs and wonders to show to Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would know that this is God. Not a mighty people, even though they had flourished. Uh, this wasn't the people's strength that freed them, but this was God through his works uh, and wonders in the land of Egypt that had done it. And so as God delivered them from Egypt, he also preserved them through the escape through the, the sea as God parted the water through his servant Moses and the waters came crashing down on those that would go um, to capture them and to bring them back into their bondage. Uh, God protects us, those that he frees, he protects us with his great strength and his great mercy but then we are introduced to the wilderness days. And so this people who had grown up in Egypt in a, a foreign culture would have to unlearn what they had known. And I think that's an important symbol for us today. Uh, in many ways, we have to unlearn what we know about church life, about how we communicate with people. Things changing. Technology is changing faster than ever. This pandemic is changing how people relate to one another. Sometimes uh, uh, people see others with suspicion and, and hatred seems to be growing through our nation. And, and the type of church we did a decade ago, two decades ago, a lifetime ago, it seems like, may not be the church for the present. Um, does that mean we just close the doors and leave? Absolutely not. God had worked in the past, and he's still working in the future. And one thing, as we continue through this book, we'll see echoes of how God has worked in the past, but how he recreates it for a new people at a new, new time. And he is doing that today. But see, one thing that we see in this storyline is that even though Moses was set apart as their leader, Moses was never tasked to do everything on his own. Through God's mighty hand, he brings them out. But also to the people, he gave the gift of leadership, not just as a dictator, but for those to come together and work together. And as the, the people are introduced to the wilderness and as they grumble and as they, they struggle among themselves of figuring out who they were, they came across uh, different times where Moses would have to figure out that he is not ultimately responsible for everyone. But God had placed other leaders within their presence. I love that scene. I think it was one chapter before in 18. Uh, it starts in, in verse 8. Let, let's read it together. Uh, this is uh, right after God provides water from a rock for the people. But it was in 17. It tells us this, 17.8. It says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephaphedin. <laughs> I hate these names. One of these days I'll learn to pronounce it, but probably not. Uh, but he came and fought, and it says, Moses said to Joshua, Choose uh, some of the men for us and go out, fight with Amalek. 
Uh, Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joseph did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek. While Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held his hand up, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary. So he took a stone and he put it under him. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held up his hands on one, one on one side, held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the sun set, and Joshua defeated Amalek and the people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a reminder in the book and recite it in the hearing of Joshua. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, a hand upon the banner of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And so some of that story we don't get, but we we understand that there was a battle that took place, and this was supposed to be a sign of how everything was to happen. So Moses was a symbol to God working on behalf of the people, and that staff, that one that delivered them through the waters, the one that became the snake, the one that basically showed the signs and wonders to Pharaoh uh, so that the people could go and to worship God in the wilderness as God would see fit and see right. That same staff was the symbol of God's presence at this point in the community. And as Moses was instructed to go and fight for the people, but it wasn't through their strength. It wasn't through Joshua's strength or the men that he had chosen. It was always through the strength of God. And the symbol of that strength was in the staff of God, the one that that Moses had carried. But we see as the battle went on, Moses grew weary. And as our fight goes on this year, as we are coming upon the anniversary of this pandemic, uh, we grow weary. Uh, But we're not called to do it all on our own. We are called with assistance. And in this case, we see those two friends, uh, Aaron and Hur. They got beside him. They set Moses down on the rock. They're like, Moses, if you can't hold up the staff, we sure can help you. And so they lifted up Moses' hand so that he would have the strength to stand, the strength to hold that uh, staff up so that the people prevailed. But then in 18, the story goes again. You know, Moses has these uh, uh, miraculous events, these, these signs and wonders that are taking place. I mean, holding up your staff and your team is winning. You know, every football fan wants to be able to hold up their banner and their team wins when they hold up their banner. Uh, but in this, we see that Moses is doing all these great things that we remember uh, from the burning bush to, to the signs that he shows to Pharaoh, all these kind of things. But then uh, the, he goes to these just a general assignment. So, so we go from these mountain high events that are memorable that we are instructed to write down on paper. But we also see that Moses still has to govern the people. Uh, and he's weary from doing both. 
he, he tries to help decide uh, the lawsuits, uh, lack of a better term, between the people. He, he's an arbiter uh, over the people, so he helps decide uh, what is right. Uh, for the people, but it's taken him all day. And his father-in-law comes in and said, this isn't right. For the easy cases, there's other people that can do it. And sometimes we forget that. Uh, sometimes we think we have to do it all. That if I'm not doing it, it's not going to be done or it's not going to be done right. But, but the Lord through, through Jethro uh, shows to Moses that this isn't a top-down event, but everyone is involved to their abilities. So set judges over them so that they may state their cases. And so we see these little images and hints of what's going on in the story of Israel. But then we get to this chapter 19. It's so important that we take the seriousness of this. Uh, because uh, we sometimes put God on an equal level with us. You know, what a friend we have in Jesus. It is a great song, and, and it is truly personal of that personal relationship with God. But sometimes it gives us the wrong idea that God is somehow our chum and our, our buddy. And while he is, has a personal relationship to us, God is a holy and just God. And we are a fallen and sinful people, corrupt in our nature. And it is through the blood of Christ that we are redeemed and we are made pure that we may have a relationship with God. But this scene here on Mount Sinai just shows how God set the people apart to consecrate them, to purify them so that they may be in the presence of God. It took two days of Moses with the people to prepare them just to see God from a distance. But in the next verse, in verse 12, after we read, it says, You shall set limits for the people. Set up boundaries, because if they come too close to where we are at, they will surely die. And so we don't see that as much in the preaching today of this holy set apart, uh, this inner you know, tent, the holy of holies in, in Israel's day, in the tabernacle, and in the temple uh, this place where only certain people could go. Now God broke down and tore uh, the curtain asunder. But we still stand in the presence of a holy God when we come to worship him. We have an advocate who ha gave his life as the perfect sacrifice to redeem us unto himself so that we may have a relationship to God. But don't confuse that with a God who wants to sit around a kitchen table and drink a beer. I heard a country song that says, if I got to have a beer with Jesus, it was a horrible song. Some of you may know it. But God loved us enough that he sent his only son to live a perfect life. Life that each and every one of us has been given opportunities to live. Did it perfect. But Jesus had to surrender his life because we couldn't ever live up to those laws that chapter 20 would begin and the, the Ten Commandments and, and all that that follow a part of that. We fell short over and over again. And so God had to take the sin upon himself so that we may be truly set free. But in reading these laws and the importance they were for the people, we see God's great love for his people. 
God tried to, to mold and guide a people to be a blessing to others. In the Ten Commandments, we see that, that God first and foremost wants us to set our attitude vertical. That we want to be in the right standing with God. And without a relationship to Jesus Christ, we can never be in a right standing with God. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you do without a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We can never have that right vertical plane where we can stand in God's presence. But once we have that relationship, once we surrender our lives to Jesus and we become his as he has become ours. Then the next in the commandments is about how we relate to others. And so both of these streams of relationships are very important, even from this early stages in the story of God. How we relate to God as a holy God and how he calls us to be more than our corrupt, fallen, sinful people. But how we relate to others is, is equally important. Because many of us don't see others as they should be seen. We see them either as friend or family or enemy or acquaintance or, or any other title. Republican, Democrat, liberal, uh, conservative, whatever title you want to give. That's how we see other people. But God sees them as his creation. Created for a purpose. But sin corrupted that purpose and they've fallen short. But we who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we look at others, we don't need to see them by these other titles. But we need to see them for who they are. They are created and loved by God. And that should be the reason behind why we can love our enemy. And that we, we can treat others with respect. That we, we treat others' property with respect. Others' wives and husbands with respect. We can treat life as important. Life was created by God. We could treat others by giving them our character. If we would lie, cheat, and steal from anyone, no matter who they are, we are not living up to what God had called us to live. And so this story is important as we continue. So we made it through about the 28th chapter of Exodus this week, and we continue on. Uh, the next week's worth of reading will be a little tedious for some as it, it looks at the laws. Uh, but there are some great scenes in there, and I hope you find them. They're, they're scenes of anger and disgust and, and, and things like that. Um, but I encourage you to continue reading your Bible and, and look how God has worked in the past, how he is working in the present uh, and let these stories of these foundational stories of faith impact how we read the Bible. Uh, because the New Testament is, is so important for us to know about Jesus and how to live in relationship with others. How we are to come together as a church. But the Old Testament, it, it is equally important because it is the richness of the history of God. You know, I was watching a news report and there was, uh, of course, a political spat between a, a liberal politician and a Republican. But, but one of the things that came down to it was one didn't understand their history. They didn't understand um, some of the, the references and they were making fun of each other and talking down and belittling each other. Uh, 
their view of history was short. Many in our nation today have a super short view of history. And any history that seems bad, we want to erase. But God didn't do that. When he gave us the Bible, he gave us the good and the bad and the ugly. So that we may see with our eyes that these were just ordinary people like us in a time far removed, in a culture far removed from ours, and one that many times we have to study to understand. But he gave it to us so that we may know that even in failure, God still loves us. Even in triumph, God is proud of us. But also that God is holy and we have fallen short time and time again. And it wasn't until Jesus Christ answered the problem of sin once and for all that we were able to get past all those rituals. But those rituals that seem unimportant to us today are significant because they consecrated a people to be aware that what they did in life reflected their relationship with God. And their sins corrupted that relationship. And they ought to be important to us today, not necessarily to follow, but to to see that our relationship with God is important and our sin in our life corrupts that relationship. But it was only through that perfect sacrifice that we can stand in the holies and holies and have that right relationship with God. But you didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to live up to a perfect expectations or, or do enough good deeds. It was a free gift of grace by the mercy of God. And so on this cold afternoon, I pray you feel encouraged by the grace of God. I pray that if God has knocked on the door of your heart and you've never opened that in because you you feel that you are unworthy, that you just have done too many things, I pray that this will be the time This will be the place where you give it all to the Lord. Whether your sins are in the distant past or in the the near, near present. I pray you give it up to God. Repent of how you were. Surrender your life to the call of Jesus Christ. And let him make you whole. Let him consecrate you so that you may be in right relationship. And that you may see the wonders of God with your own eyes. So please go with me in prayer to our Lord and Savior. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for today. Lord, we are burdened by the world. But we are reminded that you are still in control of everything. We may not understand what's going on in our present or what will take place in our future, but we know that you are fully in control. And that while we may suffer loss and burden, you are with us in those losses and that burden. You are giving us strength to persevere, to take our next breath, to take the next hour or day. You are with us because you love us. And you're with those around us because you have created them. So Lord, I ask now that if there's anyone listening today, that they will give their life to you. Because you have given your son as a ransom for them. Because you love them. Not because of what they 
can do for you, but because you have created them with a purpose. So, Lord, I pray that they ask you into their hearts, but also pray for all the rest of us listening today that you fill us with your purpose, your purpose for our unique time in history on how we are to, to live at home with our, our families, how we are to, to live with those at work and in our community, how we are to be your witnesses in this place and this time. So, Lord, I ask you to give us eyes to see what you're doing, give us ears to hear what you're doing, and give us hearts full of joy for your work in this world. It is in your name we pray. Amen.
and that was fun. May you go in peace. Stay safe, stay warm. God bless.